Welcome to the Gen Z Show, the only show dedicated to young leaders and those who work with them to create a positive revolution that will inspire this generation to impact future generations. With your host, James McLean. Welcome to the Gen Z Show. I'm your host, James McLean. Today we're going to talk about a topic that this time of the year, towards the end of the year, for many high school students is of utmost importance, and that is college recruiting, college athletic recruiting. Today's guest, Heather Henson, is a, is a former longtime women's soccer coach in college, 28 years in fact, but now she's left that field to be a recruiting educator helping families and young athletes navigate this ever-complex, changing world of college recruiting, helping them find their purpose, what their passion is, and the school that they really want to go to, and providing them with the skills and techniques and need. This is a complicated area, and she's providing some great insight. If you or someone you know has any ambitions or goals of, of being a college athlete, you really need to listen to this episode. Send this episode to your friends because this is going to be something you really want to like. What a wonderful lady that she is and a wonderful interview with Miss Heather Henson. Heather, welcome to our show. Thank you for being our guest. James, I appreciate you having me. And as a continual, often said statement, let's do a shout out to the friend that connected us, Tammy Matheny. She is a great friend, a great mentor. Um, so many, she's part of the family for me. People are beginning to wonder if this show is sponsored by Tammy Matheny because I mentioned her almost every single episode as, as connecting me guests, but it's just a wonderful opportunity that she has of, of connecting people, so. Well, our, our audience heard from me at the beginning a little bit about you, but they are always wanting to hear from our guests a little bit about themselves. So if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about yourself with our audience. Yeah. Um, originally, I'm from Dallas, Texas, and uh, I had a great opportunity to earn an athletic scholarship um, to go to UNC Greensboro in North Carolina. Um, so I was a collegiate athlete and got that bug and got into college coaching. I was one of the lucky ones that had the opportunity. And so um, just recently finished 28 years of NCAA uh, head coaching at the soccer, at women's soccer and um, have loved it. It's been a great experience. I've learned a lot, uh, learned a lot, I think, of what to do and what not to do um, and, and, and got a chance to really immerse myself into um college athletics, but the real reason, and it helped me to find my why, you know, what is that for? And, and it really targeted the, the student athlete, you know, and wins were a part of it as they have to be right within college athletics. Um, but it was the relationship. And so um, upon leaving college athletics, I have uh, started um, a business and it is called H2 Athletic Advising. And it is truly um, set to help high schoolers, young people, um, it could be transfers in college, but it's young people and their families navigate the college recruiting process. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, my, my, my daughter is now 17 years old and uh, she, she always tells me, mom, I was your first client. 
Um, and so right the moment she knew she wanted to play college sports, she told me she was her, my first client when we started this company. And so I get a chuckle out of that. Um, and, and we're still going through that process with her, but she is, gosh, she's been a great client. She's listened. Um, which <laughs> Does she is, pay is, well? <laughs> she doesn't say, um, but <laughs> listening to the advice is one of the best things I could have, you know? Um, and I have a really supportive husband who has been a part of college athletics most of his life. He played, he coached. Um, and so it's, it's great to have a family who truly understands um, the lifestyle of college coaching and then also the, the giving back that this is now providing. Because now I get to go beyond women's soccer and I get to go to to all student athletes of, of all genders, all sports. And it's a really exciting time for us. You know, in the last three years, probably would be about the right framework. It may be a little bit longer, but definitely last three years, college athletics, the recruiting has changed dramatically. I mean, it has really been upended with, with court cases that have, have come about and rulings and, and differing positioning of, of the way colleges can do stuff now. And I'm thinking while we're, we're airing this in May and for a lot of juniors, rising seniors, this is really their time frame. You know, there may be a few seniors that are that are still finalizing their choices, uh, but you know, for juniors and stuff, this is this is getting to be the push and stuff on this. So, in your 28 years, how have you seen it change? <laughs> that's a huge question. I know that <laughs> when I said it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's a dumb question" because that's so huge. Uh, but how how is it how is it a change? How is from when you started to now? What is that junior going through that's different? Yeah, we don't have a. 28 years worth of time here. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I, I'll stick to that three to five period. Um, uh, you know, at, at one point, uh, the recruiting calendar um, back in the day was very um, narrowed, right? And then it opened up and, and, and we were allowed to, to talk to high schoolers, right? Freshmen in high school. Um, but, but like you said, in, in that time, that three to five period time, they've now um, kind of consolidated the time and it's allowing freshmen and sophomores to be freshmen and sophomores in high school. But it has allowed the traditionally June 15th date for most sports at most of these levels, um, that becomes the impact date. If I, if I get a phone call on June 15th or I get an email on June 15th or not, that decides who I am, right, and how good I'm going to be and what college I'm going to. Um, and, and so um, it, it puts a little more stress, right? As you said, it's that June 15th post their mm. sophomore year and and so juniors right now um have been almost a year into this cycle and and the great thing is all the sports um are are different in terms of you know what sports recruit a little bit earlier um into a junior year or a little bit later and so those are the nuances of each sport uh, but you but you're right the junior at this time like my daughter right she hasn't made a decision but she's she's visited schools she's been communicating with coaches um, and, and it's the deeper part of building those relationships in this time frame to be prepared to make that decision. If they've already made it, still making that communication. And if they haven't made it, that communication is important to help them know. Because that coach and those fellow teammates, that's your family for four years. Yeah. And that's the goal, four years, like that entire time, you know. Well, how realistic is that in this new environment for someone to stay at a school for four years, especially on D1? Yeah, um, you know, I still am, uh, I think I'm a realist and I understand, you know, the, the, the optimistic side of, yes, we want four years, um, but we also know that, 
anything can pull them away. Um, but I still think that there is a big core of student athletes and, and core of sports um, that you can be at a school for four years, you know, but, but, but you're right. I mean, I think on the, there has been, uh, you hear one and done, you know, and that's going mm -hmm. professional in some sports or that's switching from one college to another um, because of um, a lot because of, of, you know, the publicity, the exposure uh, for future professional sports or even the NIL that is that is causing some of these things. Um, and, and that it has it has caused some of the traditional sports um, to now have a, a one and done year. And, and, and that's, you know, that saddens my heart. Um, but for me, it's about how do we help the young people, the majority, I think there's still a majority of them who want to find that school and be at it for four years. So, the, you know, when folks take a college recruiting, I think they most often think of these elite athletes that are coming out mm -hmm. of high school that are being grabbed, that are being, uh, you know, being poured into and, and, and being catered to, going to camps this summer and that kind of stuff. But but what you said there was the majority of them are not in that category at all. So as our audience is listening to us and as parents are listening to us, describe, you know, who who's the majority of the type of student that you work with you know what would they be like you know um, yeah uh, you know the, the 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 big picture of who i work with is the the young lady or young man who you know they they want to go and play college um uh -huh. and they may not be getting all of this communication right the the top one percent off each team or each sport um are getting those june 15th phone calls and emails and, and they're getting right it could be up to 20 to 50 right they could be getting dms from from colleges and really all of that communication um and they're the ones who feel the most loved right uh, but there are again i believe there's a huge group of young people who want and love their sport and want to continue it and they just don't know how to do it because they mm -hmm. may not get a phone call or they may only get one and, and so then they begin to to doubt themselves a little bit or begin to go, well, it didn't come. I mean, I've been playing club sport all my life and my parents have invested all of this money. How do we do this? How do we get to my dream? My dream yeah. of playing college sports. And and so that's the group, right? It's the group who really wants to to, to find it. Um, and it's it's really set up to help empower them really to to help them find out who they are and help them understand what they need to do and then help them take action. And, and I do it in a three-part phase with how do, how do they analyze who they are and what they want and their why, and then educating them not only on the recruiting timelines, but educating them on how do I communicate other than Snapchat, right? And, and, uh, and, and Instagram and Twitter, right? And, and these young people don't use Twitter a whole lot anymore. Um, but how do they communicate? How do they communicate by email? versus different than a text? How do they communicate on the phone, face-to-face -face encounters? And and then how do they sell themselves? They have social media, they can utilize that, um, but they have to understand the good and bad of that. And and what does that mean, right? And and how they really showcase and, and express their talents and their strengths. I, I truly believe God has given us our own individual strengths and talents and mm -hmm. gifts. And this is an opportunity to kind of help that shine and help them understand that it's okay to help that shot. Um, and I think that it, it leads them to ask the questions, to empowering them to ask the questions and, and use their, their mind and their voice to begin to take action and ownership of this recruiting process to find that, that school that's the perfect fit. And, and my ultimate goal is I hope we get it down to two to three schools and they're 
all perfect for this young person. And then that decision doesn't, it's not a, oh, I have to go here. It's, oh my gosh, I have three great choices. Now I got to get into the, the deeper pieces of it, right? And that may end up being able to lead with their heart to make that decision because they've already walked through the, the analyzing part and the educational logical thought to find it. When you talked about that analyzing, you talked about, you know, defining who they are, that just kind of struck a chord with me. And I want to kind of land back there. What is that? What are you doing there? What do you, what do you mean who they are? What does that mean? Because I'm thinking a parent is listening to that and saying, my, my kid knows who they are. They're a baseball player. It's got to be deeper than that. So It is. It, and I use a story of, of one of my former players. Um, she came in as a freshman, and um, she was going to be a really solid player for us, right? Probably not an impact starter right away, but just a she understood our culture. She understood who she, you know our team, but she identified as a soccer player. Right. And, and so when she wasn't impacting on the field as much as she thought she was going to, because that's who she identified with, that led to really some struggles, right? Some mental struggles and then some performance struggles. Um, and it was a process. And, and so I kind of took this approach. The, the great story with this young lady, Haley, is that in the end, uh, and, and I went, she, she was one who was with us throughout our COVID time. So she had five years with us instead wow. of four. Um, but in that time, it probably took until maybe the beginning of her third year, her junior year. Um, and uh, she she realized who she was. She was grounded in who she was. And it wasn't just a women's soccer player. She was a child of God. She was a friend. She was a daughter. She was a sister. And, and she knew the value of each of those roles. Um, and then the soccer became fun. And she became this free player and this person with just such vulnerability that she was allowed to show that and she showed it and 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 showed it and modeled it to the rest of our team and so i used Haley and that 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 journey that we took into this right and you're right a 16 or 17 year old i mean on any given day they can be whoever they want to be right are they in a good mood or bad mood i'm a baseball player i'm a wrestler um you're right and so it's it's having you know we break down into some questions right and, and some basic questions what part of the country do you want to go what level do you want to play um but what is what is the environment of the school what size of the school right and so really those kind of surface levels but then we dive mm -hmm. into a little bit more of of who why do you do what you do what did you want to be when you were younger why did you want to do that what do you want to do now you know um and, and sometimes we have to ask the question what do you know you don't want to do, right? Because sometimes it's, there's too many choices when you think, what do you want to do? And so we sometimes utilize the other side of that that says, what do you not want to do, right? What are, what are um, the, and that helps us to narrow down that list, right? I'm not good in math. Okay, well, you know what? We're probably going to stay away from those majors and those areas, right? And then um, having them realize that um, kind of talking through what does a teammate mean? What does it, what, what does it mean for me to uh, to see a great teammate, do am I a great teammate? What does that look like? What is team culture? And, and really diving into those deeper levels of that. Wait a second. There's more to me than just um, the element of I'm a I'm a sports player, right? I'm a soccer player. I'm a baseball player. And so really diving deeper into it. And we, we even ask the question, what does the 
different divisions mean to you, hmm. right? What does that mean? What is division? When you think of division one, division two, division three, NAI, junior college, what is the image that comes to your mind, right? And then we walk through what, what their image and their perception is versus the true reality of it, you know? Do, do you find it that a lot of times they come in with one preconceived notion of what they think this process is going to be? And through this self-discovery, they're like, oh, my gosh, it's so different than what I realized. I mean, how, how do you handle that? Yeah, honestly, it, we have a free 30-minute consult um, before we get started. And I, I tell them I'm not a recruiting service, mm-hmm. right? I'm not going to put your highlight field together. I'm not going to email for you, create your email, and blast it out to 100 schools. I'm not going to do that. It's we're going to teach you and educate you and guide you on how to do this. And so there are people who would rather have somebody else do the work. And that's fine. You know, Um, but we are not going to do that. We are going to say we are going to be with you along this journey. And you can send us right the rough draft for your first email. Okay, Heather, how does this sound, right? And, and we'll walk through that journey and we'll give them guidance. And, and so you're right. Um, so that hopefully clears a lot of it up on the front end, right? But as you said, you know, talking to a parent, they may understand all of that. But then talking to a, a 16 or a 17 year old on that same conversation, then it's, wait a second. And, and, and I have had a, a couple clients like that. They've been super invested in terms of, yes, I want to find this place, but wait a second, I still have homework and I have exams and I have, you know, practice and how do I fit it in, Heather? And I said, that's what a college student athlete has to do, right? You have to, you have to find time and not just find time, make time to do this. Because as a college student athlete, you have time demands. You may not have to travel an hour to practice in an hour home, but that now two hour time is invested somewhere else. And, and how long does it take Really, once you have your, your rough draft of your email, how long does it take to, to shoot off a couple emails a night? You know, and, and so it's just reminding them time management skills. So it's those life skills we're, we're developing and it helps them to realize, oh, I can do this. I can do a little bit at a time and still move forward each day. Hmm. What do you find when you're working with them is the thing that surprises young athletes the most or even their parents the most during this process when we were talking, when you were sharing, I was thinking, gosh, if I was a freshman right now, I would have visions of it just being all glory and easy and just, oh, sunshine and roses coming up. And But I'm hearing now the work that goes into it that the majority have to do. You know, what, what surprises them? What are you encountering that, that you have to re-educate them on that, that, you know, to help them along this process? Yeah, it, the workload, first and foremost. Right. Um, and again, it's I tell them, I said, this this work is worth it. You put in time into your craft on the field or on the court and you love it. Right. You, you're so willing to train three times a week because you love your sport or up to five times because you're adding speed and agility and and your sports specific trainers. Right. Um, and you love it. Well, let's invest that same time into finding your your college sports team that you're going to be a part of and a family member. And I think the other part that, that is uh, new for them is how to, um, how to understand what, what the, rep- the emails from colleges are saying, right? When you get an email that invites you to a camp and you get 15 of them, you feel really, really wanted, right? Like those, co- those coaches want me. How do I decide which you know, which four of those 15 camps I should go to. 
Um, and then we, we sit down to it's really deciphering what is a college coach saying in their communication, in their emails to you. Ooh, that's, um, a, uh, that's a good point. I hadn't even thought about because some could just be that canned email response. Yeah, we'd love to have you come by and take a look. And you you, you can see the writing that's not there, the hidden the hidden context of it. Right, right. If you've been to a tournament, but and 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 you know that they're on that list to have watched your game, but have never sent you an email except a an invite to camp email, right? That that's kind of some indicators. And so it's it's walking through that with them, and 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 being able to be the I think the non biased. I'm not their coach, right? I'm not their going to be coach in college, and so I can give a real um, non biased opinion. But the experience of being a college coach that helps navigate what's really being said and and again which still then allows them to say well is that school really interested in me well here's some questions right and this is the communication piece here are some questions to ask that coach or these coaches you have every right and you have the responsibility to yourself to ask these questions and get the answers before you just go to five camps because these are the five top schools that are your dream school mm. Mm. It seems like a, this process does create a lot of fear and anxiety in not only the athlete, but I would think the parents as well. So are you working just as much with a parent as you are uh, the, the youth? Uh, thinking it, I had two you know, uh, high school athletes, and one came to – one was the uh, my middle child. My son was coming of age during the COVID at times, so that just kind of – really messed up everything for for their process and so much so that he was like, ah, I'm through with all this. And a lot of the a lot of the athletes in his generation, I think, suffered for that. But my daughter, she was an all-American swimmer in in uh, high school. And you know, when she was getting to that age and, and colleges were starting to look, she her first thing was is that the school that I want to go to that I know has the major I want, that I know is responsible for this. I don't know. No, not that I don't know. I do not want to live in that level of commitment because she wanted to go to North Carolina State. And you're talking a top five swimming school in the nation. And, and she knew if I'm going to even be competitive, it's going to take everything I've got on that. And so as a parent, we didn't know how to handle all that. So how are you helping parents with this kind of process? Yeah, you are exactly right. It is it is educating the student athletes, but it is it is a must to educate the parents, right? The parents are are on the call, um, and and you know ideally we have them roughly once a month, but but access to email communication is constant throughout. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so yeah, the questions because a lot of what is known or what is heard from parents through other parents and 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 sport coaches, parents, you got to stay out of it. You got to let your your daughter or your son take the lead on this. You know, they want to know they're getting a strong, independent, you know, person, freshman coming to college. And there's a piece that, of that has that got to be a hard lesson for some parents to learn, especially in this world of snowplow parents that we live in that want to push out everything. You're telling them to stay out on what could be well, well to, to let this child do a lot of the decision making on their own. So, well, they yeah, they have that's what a lot of colleges and a lot of sports teams are telling them. And they're, they're components of that. Right. So, for instance, um, you know, I tell them email, putting the uh, the email together, right? The initial email that you want to send out. That's an example. Um, you know, draft it. Let your parents look at it because.
because here's some, I, I give them some strategies, some points that need to be in there and then let their parents look over it and then send it to me. And I kind of jot some ideas and some other thoughts of what they may want to take out or put in and then let their parents read that. Right. And so that eventually the parents can just look over the emails and go, Oh, okay. And at the same time, we're having those conversations of here are some things that um, as parents, you can help support them, keep them focused on their North star of where, remember that, that place we were landing upon, where do they want to go? Like your daughter, mm -hmm. right? I don't want to play at a, a power five. I want to, I want to have a life and be a student athlete. And so keep them up focused on that North star. And then as, um, then they got to hold them accountable, right? Because some of the fearful pieces are, okay, now I got to communicate with these coaches. Some young people, no problem in communicating, but some young people are, are scared to death to send a text or an email or a phone call, wow. right? Any of those levels. And so the parent has to hold them accountable. And I had this conversation with a, a parent and a, actually a family all together. And I said, let's, let's make a deal out of this little village right here. Um, your parents have the right to ask you at the beginning of the week, what's your plan for communicating this week? And you're gonna respond. And then at the end of the week, they have the ability and the right to say, hey, did you get these done? And if you didn't, then they have the ability to say, you know what, before you go out with your friends, you need to finish it. And I said, are we, you know, and so I get to be that person, right? A parent later on said, thank you so much for doing that because she'll listen to you because she won't listen to me. And I said, well, you're mom. I'm just somebody else's mom, right? And so <laughs> um, helping them that, I think the other piece is when you, when parents really, when it starts to get real serious and they have, parents are gonna have questions. And those parents need to have the, to be empowered to ask those college coaches those questions. My parents let me go from Texas to North Carolina to school. My mom had questions that needed to be answered before they said, Heather, that your coach is gonna be awesome. He is gonna take care of you. You're gonna be supported. And so we need to empower the parents when that time is. And then, right, when it comes to finances, if it's athletic scholarship, if it's academic scholarship, if it's federal grants and aids, if it's university grants, that's when the parents, right, they're the ones you're going to pick up the most of the time. They're the parents you're going to pick up the load on those questions. And you, and you need to ask those questions because you want it to be a four-year commitment or a duration of your, right, of your eligibility. Right. And those are, so there are times, there are very important times, but yes, getting them to realize, hey, let's, let's get her or him to step out of his comfort zone to do this work, right? And then like my daughter's taking AP tests right now, right? So guess what? I've, I've, give, I've cut her some slack on some of her stuff in, at the house to do and, and some of the college things to do because it's a busy time. But I've pushed her to do most of the work. And, and so I think that that's, we, again, we can, we can lift each other up and encourage each other because our North Star is helping this young person find the college of their choice. I really love that that you're that you're setting the the parameters and the expectations of who is going to do what and who's going to hold it, who accountable because I can see in this process a parent taking over and just doing it all themselves because they want to make sure that little James gets into the right place and doesn't miss out of that opportunity and and you know has you know it's got to get all those things done. So I, I really appreciate that portion of it because I, I, I mean, we see that on the job market. I mean, it, it translates to the job market. I, my wife and I were sharing just this weekend about a mother who 
whose son came home from college and she got him a job and got him interviews. And I was like, well, I was like, first off, tell me something about it. Is this because she didn't want him laying around all summer or was she trying to get him, you know, those right opportunities so he could have internships and, and that kind of stuff. And other, a little bit further questioning, we find out it's just because she didn't want the son to lay around all summer. I was like, well, I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> but if right. it had been the other, you know, hey, mom, can you give me a good job, you know, because I want to intern stuff, then I would have had a problem. Um, right, right. And it's educating the parents. I mean, I've had I've had quite a few. In the 28 years, I had quite a few college, or parents call me as a college coach. And I would, you know, answer their questions, be polite. But in the end of the conversation, I would whine, I would, I would go back and, and uh, um, say, you know, I would really love to hear from your daughter. And so um, I know you said she's busy right now. I, I get that. But being a college student athlete is, is a busy thing. And mm-hmm. she, I just would love to hear from her. I think it's important for her and I to build that relationship to find out if this is the right place. So, yeah, so we have gotten those. And, and right, my work's not going to stop it. Uh, but hopefully it's helping redirect a few parents here and there to understand so, the, the deeper picture. So from the other side, from your coaching side, when you were recruiting, what what attributes of a, of a student athlete? I'm not talking athletically. I'm talking about the other intangibles. What would you look for? That may be something right now that somebody's looking for. Say, hey, does my little child have these? They got the skills maybe, but do they have those other things? So what would you look for? Yeah. Um, you know, I will say um, take out athletics, as you said, altogether. I think a young person who um, is willing to step outside of their comfort zone. Right. And and sometimes like I would get phone calls and I knew that this young lady was so uncomfortable, so nervous for this phone call. But I was so proud of the fact that she dialed the phone and said, can I speak with Coach Henson? Right. And so the 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 willingness to be outside of our comfort zone to grow that growth mindset. Right. Uh, Because that translates in every facet of her being and who she is now and who she is willing to become not just wanting, but willing to make it happen. And, and so that for me is an important piece. Um, I think that um, someone who, who understands that um, they're more than just their sport, right? And, and we're not gonna have everybody in that, but if they understand that when I talk to them about what, what, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do other than, other than soccer, right? Um, that they, they understand and they cherish a bigger part of, of community than just their their sport community. Um, because I think, again, for us, that would lead to what we wanted in our team culture as that family. And then how do we serve that servant leadership mindset? And so those were important factors for me that I was looking for. And it's really the intangibles, right? Somebody who um, who is willing to um, be vulnerable. And I think that goes along with that uncomfortableness, you know, um, but just somebody who's willing to try something new and, and use their voice, a freshman coming in who some people say freshmen don't say anything. I wanted freshmen to at least have a voice. And, and even if they didn't use it as often, but again, the courage and the faith to step forth and, and, and express their opinion. And so we would, we would find those things out on the field. Um, you know, I, I watched a young lady years ago and uh, went to recruit another young lady actually who'd reached out to us. Um, my eye diverted. For, for multiple reasons, athletically for one, but also intangible. This team was losing by three goals. 
And this young lady who I identified, who luckily I was blessed enough to actually get her on our team. Um, she was so encouraging of her teammates and just right. She was a real skillful player, but her encouragement and lifting her team up and saying, we got it. Keep going. Great idea for that pass. Like she was lifting her team up and almost willing the team to earn a goal and score a goal. And they did, they didn't end up winning. Right. But I saw the, the, the momentum of her team shift into, Mm. oh, great. We're losing by three to wait a second. We might have a chance. And so that person we can see on the field that has nothing to do or has to do with soccer, but had everything to do with her, 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 who she was as a person and what she was willing to give to others and her servant leadership. And so those are some of the pieces that I would look for that were non-athletic that really came down to our student athletes. I think it's so important for, for parents to know and understand that, that those things are just as important to the majority of athletes that are going to play college sports. Uh, I, I think it's goes without saying that those things probably are overlooked if they're ranked top five in the nation and their you know, coaches are going to be going for that. They go, oh, we'll figure out how to make them work at here. And, and, you know, it not working is, is pretty, pretty common story that we could, we could go back every year and say this top five kid blew out and all that kind of stuff there. But these types of character, it, you know, character development traits are, are something that the majority of the athletes are going to have to have to be able to do this. So, I hate to even ask this question because I don't want the parents to jump the gun too soon because I'm like, okay, you know, let the child live. But how early in their careers should this process start to happen? I hate to ask that because I don't want (laughs) – I I know we've pushed everything farther and farther back, and I feel feel like with the the new NIL things and and the way high schools are now thinking about doing NIL things, I I feel like – we're going to be recruiting in middle school or even younger. Uh, hey, look, there's a an eight-year-old that uh, can hit the ball. Or look, you see that four-year-old hit that tee, hit the ball with that tee? Let's, let's uh, set that kid up with a uh, Capri Juice uh, sponsorship, you know, <laughs> get him into our school or something. So I hate to even ask that, but how soon should they be thinking about this? Yeah, you know, from a college coaching perspective, um, Every, when we got opportunities to watch freshmen play at tournaments, because tournaments are really high school based, right? So those four years. And, and so, right, we would focus most, most of our attention um, on a junior class, um, sometimes depending on the cycle of a, of a sophomore class. But if there was a free, a free slot or time, um, you know, we would shift over and we would watch freshmen and sophomores. And so I think it's important to know that. Um, so that when they see him on the sideline and, and as a parent, oh my gosh, there's a college coach here and, and my daughter's only a freshman or my son's only a freshman. Don't panic. It, it's not, we're not sitting and watching these games all day. These are like one-offs. We get to walk over, watch some of it and then go to our next game, right? Because we have to get this, this next class coming in. And so, um, but I think there's value. Um, and I had this discussion with uh, a father and his son who was a freshman in high school. And because of the timing and the track of his sport, it's a little more delayed. So he's a men's soccer player versus a women's soccer player, right? And so he's a little more delayed in terms of when they make those decisions. And so I said, start to get video, right? Your freshman year, start to get video. Hmm. So you can create that first highlight reel, right? Start to, um, when you're going on vacation, start to drive past schools that might be of interest. If you're driving past some of those schools, and if 
They don't have a clue. You know, is there a, a, a big school, you know, 60,000 state school at, at near your house or on your way to vacation? And is there a little bit smaller school? Is there a 12,000? Is there a 5,000? Like, can you detour on your route um, to just kind of get the lay of land, drive through a campus, you know, um, to help them because they don't know what they don't know sometimes, mm -hmm. right? They only know what's on TV. And, uh, and, and so those are things that they can do in that, that freshman year, I really believe. They can um, start to um, just be aware of, you know what, I need, to, I need to start to communicate better with my coaches, right? I need to be aware if I have social media, I need to start being aware of what I'm putting on it, right? And, and start the awareness piece with them. I think with the, the, the NCAA, you can go ahead and register um, with the NCAA um, eligibility center. Right. And it's one thing that's off yeah. your list. And, and so there's some entry things that can be done. Um, but but I think it then starts to prepare more in your sophomore year um, because of that June 15th post your sophomore year contact date. Now, that's for coaches to reach out in most all of Division two, all sports and in most of the Division one sports. There's there's differences. Men's basketball, women's basketball. You know, but but you, I mean, you can be an eighth grader and you can be communicating with co college coaches. You don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. We're not watching eighth graders yet, you know. <laughs> um, and so you but you can get comfortable in your freshman and early sophomore year, sending those emails and letting them know what tournaments you're going to be at, introducing yourself. Um, but but really starting to put that video footage together and get the entry pieces, you know, um, and finding out answers. You know, if that's you want to do the work on your own and find out the answers to timelines and to things like that, or finding a, a group like myself or recruiting. So I consider myself more of a recruiting, recruiting educator or there's recruiting services that we mentioned, right, who will blast your stuff out. You know, so I think there's different levels and it's you as a parent beginning to figure out what kind of help do we want, even though I may not know what I need to do. I love that you call yourself a recruiting educator. That may be the tagline <laughs> that we work yeah. with. I just, I read that one then because I like that because what you just said about, you know, services is probably what most folks think of hiring this and they're going to do my highlight reel and very, most of my interactions with them, I'm sure there's different personalities of these groups, but the, most of my interactions with them have been a little bit less, they're, they're less personal. Um, they're, I think it's because, the, the athletes that I had interactions with that had worked with them before were not these power five athletes. Right. So they didn't feel that there was a, you know, a bigger deal uh, uh, for yeah. them. Yeah. It probably makes them look better to have a power five athletes, you know, for, for their service going forward. So they give that more. Okay. Which is understandable. It's a business. Yeah. I, I'm, 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 so I do like the, the recruiting educators. So, yeah. How does our audience a, get in touch? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say I have a young lady that um, just recently committed to a school um, and and talked with her her mom. Right, I've I've have, I've known them for years. They live locally, um, and my daughter and her go to school together. But um, you know, they hired on with the recruiting service. And when we were talking, and, and they told me she committed and, and all of that. Um, in the end, she goes, Heather, you provided such better guidance and support. Right, like in that support of being there, um, and, and especially into the finite, like decision making time, mm -hmm. right, and visit time, and and I said thank you, I, I appreciate that because I, I, 
people can use both ser that service or educator. It's just, what do you want, right? And it's okay to, to not want my services. That's fine, you know? Um, you're gonna find what best fits for you. So, yeah. So how can our audience gain that kind of support from you? How can they connect with you? Yeah, so uh, my website is h2athleticadvising.com. And uh, we do free 30-minute consults. And you can click on there and, and book an appointment. Um, you can look at the services that we provide. And, and honestly, um, these services are, I want to personalize uh, what you need. It's based out of the three phases. Um, but I want to personalize what you need um, and where you're at in the process. Right? Are you a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior? Because those are different and where you're at. Um, and then, right, my email address is heather at h2athleticadvising.com. And you can follow me on uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter. And then again, h2athleticadvising on Facebook. And um, on Twitter, it is h2athleticadv. Um, and then on Instagram, uh, right now it is currently Heather underscore Henson um, and shortly getting changed to H2 Athletic Advising. And you and for the audience who's listening or watching right now, you can find all those links in the show notes. So if you are listening, just go to the podcast app, uh, click on the information and scroll down. You'll find it. If you're watching, obviously on YouTube, just look, look down and hit more information and, it, and it'll pop up there. Uh, Heather, thank you for spending your time with us today. This is a complex process uh, that is really rapidly changing. So it is so vitally important to help to help young athletes, to help their parents navigate this, because what is current this year may not be what is current next year. And so they need recruiting educators to help guide them through that process. Uh, God bless the coaches in high school. They have to they're the first line of questioning and they're probably throwing their hands up and going, I, I don't know. I, I just got to prepare for the game this week. I mean, I, I don't know what's going on now. So God bless them for, for the work that they do as well. So thank yeah. you again for being our guest today. You're very welcome. Thank you so much, James. I appreciate it. And the audience, thank you for being here. Listen, someone that you know really needs to hear this message. So please like, share, and comment. And we'll see you again very soon on our show. Thank you for joining us on the Gen Z Show and being a part of our community. Please subscribe to our channels on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. And follow us, too, on Instagram and Facebook to get weekly updates. Until our next show, have a blessed day.